This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Damian Bulwa, Metro Editor at the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on 5th and Mission, RV homeless living in San Francisco. City Hall reporter Tricia Thadani is here. We're going to talk about San Francisco's new effort to deal with the surging number of people living in RVs and other vehicles on the streets. How will the city's new idea, a triage lot near the Balboa Park BART station, work, and what do the neighbors think? This episode is a preview of next week when we'll do intensive coverage on 5th and Mission and in the Chronicle of San Francisco's homeless problem. Starting Sunday, you can find all of that coverage at sfchronicle.com slash homelessness. Trisha Thadani, right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Tricia, you cover City Hall for us. You've been following the homelessness issue and specifically the growing number of people living in RVs and other vehicles in San Francisco. That has come to a head as the city deals uh, with trying to find a solution. What is the news? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, as you said, people living out of their vehicles is really the next frontier in San Francisco's homelessness crisis that city officials are over the past year have really realized that they need to somehow get a handle on. Um, so the latest is after about a year of figuring out like what exactly they can do, do to address this problem. Um, Supervisor Asha Safai, he proposed um, a turning a parking lot in his district, which is um, near the outer mission um, near Balboa Park Station um, and turning it into a safe parking spot for people who live out of their vehicles. So there they're calling it a quote unquote triage center. So people who are in their vehicles, such as RVs or vans, can come and they can park there overnight and then also access services and bathrooms and showers and stuff like that. Okay, so this is this the first time that the city has put forth its own program to try to accommodate some RVs? Yes. So this is the first, like you could say, their first big response toward okay. this issue. And it's a pilot program. And right? it's a pilot program. And it, it's only supposed to be up for about a year. Um, this lot is slated for um, an affordable housing development. So until the city gets moving on that, which will be in about um, a year, year and a half, they want to use this parking lot for people living out of their vehicles. Okay, before we get to the details of how that's going to work, and I want to ask you what the neighbors think, of course, because that's mm. always an issue in yes. San Francisco. Um, can you sort of take us back to how we got to this place? Um, talk about um, RV living in San Francisco and how much pressure the city's been under to accommodate it. What has it looked like over recent years? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So like I said about, um, you know, this has always been a problem in San Francisco, but it's it's really swelled to the point of catching City Hall's attention over the last year or so. Um, and now the city in, in our last um, in our last biannual count of the city's homelessness population, we saw that the amount of people living in their vehicles had increased by 45 percent since um, since 2017, accounting for a major portion of the overall increase of homeless people in the city. And it's really, yeah, it's really driving the numbers that are, that yeah. are shocking everyone, right? And not just in San Francisco, but in, in a lot of cities. Right. And and it really confirms what we were seeing and hearing anecdotally from people. You know, there was residents were complaining to their supervisors about, you know, these cars being parked out there. And then people were like, I just feel like it's been more. And then so this year we really had numbers to back up those anecdotes. Um, so, but as, er, as, um, you know, in October, 2018, the city was still trying to figure out like which department should be the one to deal with this. Should it be, um, SFMTA? Should it be the home, uh, should it be the department of homelessness? So they're still trying to figure out like what the best response was. So the, um, one of the first responses was for them to propose signs of just banning overnight parking altogether. All over the place. Uh, yeah, just to try and pop up those signs everywhere. Just be like, okay, let's push these people out. But then the city realized, you know, that's just pushing people out. That's not a humane way to approach this problem. So Asha Safai, who had uh, the supervisor, who had also he had proposed putting these signs up. Um, he was like, let's instead look at um, creating this place where we can put everyone, so that when we do put these signs up, at least we can offer them. Um, we can offer them a solution. You know, it's it's a bit of tough love where then, you know, they can enforce it a little bit more um, and be like, hey, we're giving you an option of somewhere else to go. And if you don't leave, then we'll find you rather than just being like, move somewhere else. OK. All right. So how how does this site look? How does it work? How mm -hmm. many people can go there? Yeah. So right now, the place that is proposed, so it hasn't been officially confirmed yet. There's still a bunch of steps that the city needs to go through in order um, for us to be able to move people into the site. Um, but so right now it is the proposed site is right next to the Balboa uh, BART station. Um, and so it kind of sits like an island between two really busy roads and um, a highway on ramp. So it's, you know, when you walk past, I went by there the other day and, you know, it's not a very like homey area. Um, everyone there were people who were in transit. They were either coming off the BART or they were going, um, you know, boarding Muni or walking to work or and then, you know, it's a pretty uh, fast moving road as well. Um, and but then about two long city blocks away from it, that's when uh, the neighborhoods begin. So you have, you know, rows and rows of houses, you know, neatly manicured lawns. And so now these are the neighbors that um, all showed up to a community meeting about the proposal this weekend. And and what did they say? So it was a pretty mixed response. Now, this obviously comes um, in the wake of intense neighborhood opposition um, to a proposal on the Embarcadero. Um, to create a navigation center. So, you know, when we heard that there was another homeless service being uh, being proposed in the city, you know, the first reaction is, well, how what are the neighbors going to say? Because sure. Yeah. A lot of your reporting has been about the tension between neighbors that desire to have more homelessness services. But of course, every time you propose something somewhere. Exactly. You, they don't want it in their own backyard. A constant know. tension in San Francisco. Right. And. You know. 
so this neighborhood meeting actually came um, a few days after the residents in the uh, near the Embarcadero proposal had sued the city, um, and they're trying to uh, halt the project altogether. Um, so when I showed up to the meeting and I started talking to people, um, I found it was actually pretty split 50-50 between people who would come there um, to either support or just learn more about the proposal um, and versus the people who were just staunchly opposed to it. So, but with the theme of the whole meeting that you're hearing from city officials, it was like, look, these people are li- are here anyways. There are vehicles on your streets anyway. So what else do you propose that we do? And so now we're giving you a solution here and like, let's figure out a way to make this work. Um, and, you know, you heard people say like, okay, this does seem like a more humane way to um, approach this. And it seems like something that could actually increase the safety of our neighborhood. But then you heard people on the other end um, who were just skeptical that this would actually solve anything um, and could make it worse by attracting more homeless people and vehicles to the area. And you said how many vehicles can fit there? Um, so this this uh, site will have capacity for about 30 vehicles. So um, about half of them will be for people who you know are living in them and who um, will stay there overnight. And then about the other half will be for just storage. So people who can store their vehicles um, at that center and then go sleep at a navigation center or seek out other services if they're available, okay. which in the city we know isn't always possible. Sure. And how long can they stay? Um, they can stay for up for 90 days. Okay. It doesn't sound like enough spaces to accommodate the massive amounts of RVs that we're seeing around the city. Though. And that's exactly what you're hearing at the community meeting as well from the people who are skeptical of like, well, we see easily more than 30 RVs at a time. Um, and how is this isn't going to even make a dent in what we see on the streets. And then you're also going to run the risk of, you know, attracting more people to the area. Um, so, but it is important to note that this is just a pilot program in the city and that's how the officials are seeing it of like, Hey, let's test it out and see how it works for these 30 or so RVs. Um, and, uh, all this, and then, you know, other city officials are also looking for more of these kinds of sites as well around the, around the city. So this might not be the last one that we see in the city. It sounds from what you're saying, like the city doesn't see this though, just as something where people are going to be accommodated, mm-hmm. they're going to be able to live there, but a way to draw people in toward other services and actually get them out of the RVs. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. So the idea isn't for these people, like you said, to just live here permanently and create this into an RV park. Um, the idea is to bring people here um, so that we can get them into the system. So the site will be equipped with case managers as well to put people in the system, assess them for permanent supportive housing, offer them services and just try and get them out of, out of their RVs. A little bit like a navigation center. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they're the place that they're sleeping is in their own property. <laughs> Got it. Um, it also sounds like some of the neighborhood opposition might be a little blunted by, as you described, the, the nature of that neighborhood and the fact that it's somewhat temporary. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that in the future, if, if, if they try to have RV parking lots in neighborhoods that we wouldn't see the same thing we're seeing on the Embarcadero. Right. I mean, so when I went out, I think one uh, anecdote that kind of illustrates the reaction that I was seeing is, so when I went out the first day um, after it was proposed and was just knocking on doors and talking to neighbors, there was this one woman, um, this older woman, she's about 80 years old, and she'd answered the door. And I was like, hi, I'm here to talk about uh, a... um, 
a spot for homeless people who are living out of their cars uh, that's proposed near your home. And she was like, oh, my God. And she was just shocked, like completely taken aback. She hadn't heard about it. And she was like, oh, my God, there's going to be so many more homeless people and blah, blah, blah. But then as, you know, I was talking to her and I was explaining it to her, I was like, you know, it's temporary. These people are here anyways and everything. And I saw throughout the course of me just telling her facts, not my opinions about it. Um, she had then really warmed up to the idea to at the end, she was like, oh, OK, I guess, you know, they need somewhere to be. And that's kind of what you saw at this community meeting as well, where when people um, people who came in with more of an open mind, they um, when they learn more about the proposal, then it kind of calmed them down a little bit. So may- maybe we'll see that more throughout this community process, this, co- this community outreach process. It's very optimistic of you. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so before I let you go, San Francisco is not the only city dealing with this, right? This has been mm-hmm. a, something that's been driving the homeless crisis around the state. What other conversations are going on? further out in other cities in the Bay Area, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So earlier this year, um, Berkeley, which is also experiencing um, a rise in people living in their vehicles, they had proposed just an outright ba- ban on overnight parking. Um, and then Oakland came and was like, wait, wait, if you propose this, that's just going to push people into Oakland. Um, it's not going to solve anything. It's just going to be like moving the problem somewhere else. And then uh, just uh, this week, as our our East Bay reporter, Sarah Ravani, reported, um, Berkeley decided not to pursue this overnight ban um, and will instead look for a site like San Francisco has. One more question, Tricia. What's next as you follow this story? Where where do we go with RV parking in San Francisco? Mm-hmm. So the next steps in the process are a little technical. So right now, uh, so the next thing that needs to happen is that the supervisor needs to propose um, a zoning change for that parcel of land. Uh, So right now it's zoned by the city as a parking lot. He needs to rezone that to allow people to stay there overnight in their cars. Um, And then that process, that'll go to the planning commission. So that's where residents um, can come or anyone can come to public comment and air their grievances or support the plan. And then the planning commission will decide whether they want to give it a negative or positive recommendation to the board of supervisors. And then it'll go uh, to committee and then to them, to the full board of supervisors for a vote. Um, So the city is hoping to have something uh, this open by winter. So we'll see what happens. Okay, Trisha, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thanks to City Hall reporter Trisha Thadani for being here, to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. And remember, next week we'll do intensive coverage on Fifth and Mission and in the Chronicle of San Francisco's homelessness problem. That's the SF Homeless Project. You can find all of the coverage at sfchronicle.com slash homelessness. Fifth and Mission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.